For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We can forever one of the most underrated songs in yeah. my world. Well, there's nothing out there you can't do. I always love the electric mayhem. Dr. Teeth maybe wasn't my a guy. TV show now. I was more of a zoot Disney. guy. Did you have a did you have a favorite member of the electric mayhem? Oh, it's, it's Is it Animal on the Drums? Loves animal. Yeah. See, but that's why I had to be different. We talked about how outside the box we are. I was a zoot guy. Yeah, well, no, that's a that's a good choice. You know, the, quiet the and just quiet and just toots gal. his own horn once in a while. That's me, right? Quiet yeah. and toots his own horn once in a while. Zoot, that's, that's me. That's true. That's true. All right, maybe not so much. But this will be a fun segment. We'll tell you why in just a moment. It's all about pictures, but I cannot picture this show without our great sponsors. Yeah, so let's start with the original Aurora Architecture Studio. Kept us on the on the airwaves when nobody else would. And so, uh, yes, we need to tip our hat always to Aurora Architecture Studio. Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Krauss Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, Avenue 45, Mont Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Comfort Systems, Mike Regan Christensen Insurance Group, and uh, the Blackwoods Group, including their locations on London Road, in Proctor, in Two Harbors, Blackwater, uh, and uh, Tavern on the Hill, up on the hill, where I spent money last night. And I spent delivery money earlier this week. Our great sponsors, we appreciate them. Now, Dave Cook, you and I have talked at great length probably over the years of this show, but even today about how many games we do between the number of sports we do, the number of levels we do them at the shows that we do. And it can be taxing on our vocal cords and the public kind of notices, not necessarily our vocal changes, but the public notices how frequently we are at different games. I get the phrase you're everywhere quite often, but you know who else is everywhere when it comes to a multitude of games? I do because he comes and sees me all the time, right? Sports photographers by profession and maybe most notably for me, Mr. Derek Montgomery. Yep. Derek stops by stops by the rink every so often, says hi, takes some pictures, and yes, it's always good to see Derek. I was going to say, there are a lot of things I like about going to Rife Gymnasium at St. Scholastica and bumping into Derek Montgomery, lightly because he would win that battle with me, but bumping into Derek Montgomery is one of my favorites. Today, we can't see him. Why? Because radio is not a visual medium, but easier to talk about some of the visual angles of sports that he captures. And with that, from Two Harbors, good morning, Derek Montgomery. How are we doing? Hey guys, doing great. Thank Up you here for in, being uh, here. Slushy and snowy two harbors. Yeah, I've heard that it's very different depending on where you are because I live in Lakeside. The studio is downtown. Everything for me just looks like rain in the spring. And I've heard over the hill, and it sounds like up in the harbors, it's a bit of a mess. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, as you're coming into harbors, it's pretty much like you would see in Lakeside. But once you get up by the high school, which is, a, you know, a couple miles inland, it starts getting a little, little more snowy, a little more slushy. But everyone up in the Northland knows that's, how that works. That's an awesome high school, by the way. People that that uh, the old Two Harbors uh, on the on the rock wasn't great, but the new Two Harbors High School pretty sharp. It really is. So you are there today as a dad and as a fan. But I want to know when your kids are playing sports at their levels, does Derek Montgomery, sports photographer, take over? Or are you just there to watch this one? Uh, yes, and yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Today I, I did not bring my camera. Uh, you know, I, I usually, actually, I guess, you know, out of 10 times, probably six times out of 10, I'm bringing my camera with me. 
I have about four photos of me playing all three sports in high school, and they're all from like when I was a cross-country runner in my sophomore year in the middle of a growth spurt where basically I'm like 90% legs, <laughs> and it's the most awkward photo ever. So um, that's not the sole reason I take pictures of my kids when they're playing sports, but um, you know, it's always in the back of my head. Well, I was just going to say, does that segue into where your passion for sports photography came? Because I've seen your work, obviously. I've seen you in action, but I've seen the end result as well. And the action shots you get are unbelievable. unbelievable. So I just wondered, you know, did you feel like you got a short end of a stick as an athlete and you thought, you know what, I'm going to make athletes today love what they're doing and capture these moments for them? I didn't really think I got the short end of the stick. I loved every moment of being, you know, a high school athlete and just playing sports. Um, you know, my dad was a coach, a wrestling coach for 40 years and also helped coach cross country and baseball. So I think it was always just something I was around growing up, which I think is also kind of a, uh, you know, an interest in sports is a big part of being a sports photographer. And so I think like just that background, um, you know, kind of led me to where I am today. I think that's fair to say. Now, take me through what goes into getting the ideal shot or how many times do you change your mind within a game as to what the ideal shot is? Because Dave and I could talk about we're at so many games, we're so tired and we're tired vocally, but that's it. Dave and I are sitting and we're talking. That's the extent of our responsibility for the most part. There's a couple other things that, that we dabble in, but we're fairly stationary during games. When I glance at photographers, let's take basketball for starters. They might be on a baseline at one end of the court for a moment, and they might be in like a worm type position trying to get a great shot. Then I might look and they might be at the top of the gymnasium getting almost an aerial type shot. Talk to me about a little bit of the game day work and what goes into it. Sure. You know, um, for me, when I do stuff with Saints Glasgow or, you know, any other um, person who might hire me for a job, it's like what the first thing, you know, you ask is what are you looking for? You know, like what, you know, what do you want? Is it particular shots of an athlete? Is it game action? Then if it's game action, you know, it's about, you know, if I'm, when I'm at Saints Glasgow games, I'm working for the Saints Athletic Department. So, you know, you want to get a variety of, you know, shots of them on, for basketball, uh, for instance, you want to get them on the offensive side, go to the other side so you get some shots of them playing defense. You know, it's about basically, you know, just anticipating what people want and then being there and the, in the best position to, to get that. And I think a big part, you know, of that is kind of just, you know, knowing the sports and being able to anticipate. Like, if you know kind of what is going to happen during certain parts of the game, you can set yourself up in the best position to, you know, capture those moments, whether it's, you know, emotional moments, um, action, you know, just having a knowledge of the game and how it works and being able to anticipate those moments is so important. Uh, so then taking right off on that question and that answer, what's the most difficult one to do? Uh, volleyball. Oh, I love volleyball. I think, I mean, from an emotional like perspective, they are probably the most expressive of any sport. So it's, you know, it's so fun from that perspective because every single point seems like it's, you know, like, you know, the bottom of the ninth, you just had a walk-off home run. Um, they're so expressive, and it's so fun to capture those moments. But from an action perspective, you know, they're so – it's such a quick sport. You know, you got, you got spikes you have. I mean, it's really hard for me to track exactly where the ball's going to go. So, you know, you start kind of watching the action, and you can kind of see which, you know, which players are – getting the bumps, which players are setting the ball. And you can try to, you know, kind of anticipate the action a little bit that way. But 
for uh, for sports, that always seems to be one of the most challenging ones for me. Sports are always about statistics, and I think sports photography can kind of be too. Take me through something that I'm just curious about. We always hear the phrase cutting room floor, and maybe we normally hear it mm-hmm. in Hollywood. But I'm always curious, within a game, how many shots you end up taking, and of those, how many shots are you actually happy with? That's, that's a good question. Um, take, for instance, a Saints football game. That could be you know, anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 images that wow. I'll kind of whittle down to about. Okay, Derek, just one you know, second. Three. I know my, my favorite phrase is radio is not a visual medium, but Dave and I both backed up from our microphones just floored by that number. Please continue. Yeah, you know, well, think about it. You know, you have, um, you know, a running back. If you're set up downfield and he's running at you, you have these cameras that, you know, fire off at anywhere from, you know, up to 30 frames per second now. Um, and, you know, and I, you know, in big moments, I'll switch into those modes where it's 30 frames per second, so you capture everything. But kind of just in the middle of a game, I'm typically in a mode where it's, you know, about 14 frames per second. But, you know, if you're capturing two seconds of action, that could be up to, you know, 30 frames almost. So, you know, it adds up pretty quickly. And, you know, some there is some thought that goes into, you know, what type, like how much do you want to shoot? Because, you know, that just leads to more work after. But, you know, that's pretty typical for, for a football game. A basketball game could maybe be half that. Um, you know, baseball, pretty similar to, I think, basketball. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. And it's a lot more than when my colleagues at the News Tribune, when I, you know, when they started, they were on film, which would have 24 or 36 rolls, you know, per, uh, it's, you know, basically 24 or 36 soldiers per roll, basically. So you had to be a lot more... Um, I guess, conservative in terms of what you shot. And that's kind of one of the beauties of digital is you can kind of be a little bit more freewheeling with, you know, how many pictures you take. So Derek, the thing that people might not know, I think, I think most do, but not everybody that you also do portrait photography and wedding photography and things like that. I'm wondering uh, if, if I'm looking at a portrait or a wedding photography, what are, what are some of the more creative, what are some of the new cutting edge things that you're doing as a photographer for events like that? Sure. Um, you know, when it comes to one of the, I guess, the biggest areas that I'm working in right now, probably the main part of my, my business is working with, I guess, local athletes, um, you know, sports clubs, associations, high school teams, that type of thing. And, you know, there's a big kind of big, um, I guess people are really interested in using smoke, um, not actual smoke. It's this thing called atmosphere aerosol, but it looks like you're in a smoky room. Right. You can add gels to the picture, um, which, you know, turns the smoke blue or red, you know, depending on, you know, what, what team, you know, you're, you're photographing that day. Um, but that's, that's kind of like a really popular thing now. Also, you know, banners are, they've always been popular, but they seem to be getting a lot more, um, you know, a lot more people are requesting them. Have you had any pictures that you captured and maybe you were going for one moment and inadvertently got another that you were actually pleased with? As I guess the easiest way to put it is there been a picture that surprised you and thought, well, that turned out to be much better than I even intended? Yes. So there was this, um, you know, the one that immediately came to mind, and I'm sure there's others that if I thought harder more recently, but it would be back in 2008. It was an October section final girls soccer game really rainy windy conditions late october um and it was cloquet and i think i want to say esco um we're in this shootout and i can't remember the the player's name but you know typically you're photographing 
you know, the, the keeper or, you know, the, the the players who are, you know, shooting on, trying to score the goals in a, in a shootout. But I turned around and I saw this player basically with, like, her hands over her eyes with just, like, her fingers split just enough that you can see her eye. And she's obviously in a state of she's pretty nervous. And so I quick turned around, photographed her, and I got this kind of, you know, off you know, away from the action moment that kind of told, you know, the story of what basically probably both teams were experiencing at that moment. And that, that one really sticks out to me. And I think it's on my website right now if people are interested and want to check it out. But that one kind of comes to mind. I'm glad you said that because you mentioned your website and you mentioned, you know, different things that people hire you for. If folks are listening, we're talking to Derek Montgomery, sports photographer and, and general photographer, because Dave, you mentioned weddings, et cetera. But Derek, if they'd like to see and maybe acquire your work for them, how can they do that? Uh, just go to DerekMontgomery.com, and I have a number of galleries on there as well as a way to contact me. That would be the best way by far. Excellent. So, again, that's DerekMontgomery.com, and we're chatting with Derek. Derek is in Two Harbors. We'll cut him loose here soon so he can be dad and take in a youth basketball game here this morning. But you mentioned the interest in sports, and that certainly helps in sports photography, and, and logically that makes sense. Having an interest in what you're doing can always drive anybody. But I want to ask you this, too. How hard is it not to get wrapped up in a game just as a fan and remember to do your job? Because I've marveled at that, not just with you, but with, you know, Terry Norton, Dave Harwig, uh, Clint Austin, all these guys that are, you know, watching these big moments and and they're very quick to get the camera up and, and do the right thing. Dave and I are a little bit more blessed where we can get wrapped up as a fan and just express it in our voice and have that kind of fun. Where, where you can't sit there and go, Oh my goodness, what did I just see? You, you've got to be seeing it a different way. Is that difficult? Uh, it, it can be. Um, I, I guess when I'm shooting, you know, Saints games or, you know, anything else um, that is not one of my kids' sports, I think I'm a little bit more kind of, I guess, tuned in a little bit. I still find myself time to time, you know, just kind of watching a little bit just because, you know, when you're a fan of sports, that sometimes happens. But it happens way more with, like, my kids' sports where I'll be like, you know, you'll see, like, someone, you know, like a breakaway in a soccer game or, you know, like uh, another big moment, maybe in a baseball game, and I find myself just just watching. And I think that's kind of the dad kind of breaking through in those moments. Um, so it happens a lot more, you know, when I'm covering or just shooting my kids' games as opposed to other stuff. But you know, it's uh, if you're a fan of anything like that, you're going to get probably distracted a little bit from time to time. Derek, I imagine that your house is filled with pictures, and I'm wondering what's the what's the one picture that you've taken that that's on your wall that every so often you can, you can sit back and admire. I kind of see it like a, a hunter with taxidermied animals, right? They took that one. What's, what's Derek Montgomery's 30 pointer. Yeah. Yes. That's the question, which is the one that's um, up above the fireplace. You know, it's uh it's this photo I call foggy lift bridge, which was taken from the copper top church, kind of a late spring scene in Duluth with the fog rolling in and canal park is kind of shrouded in fog. The lift bridge and the lights are kind of, shining through and it's it's uh i think it's a really cool scene kind of an interesting angle but it's kind of taken on a life of its own kind of since you know i first posted to facebook um basically the best way i can explain it is from the angle at copper top it looks like the central clock tower is on the wrong side of lake avenue but it's completely the angle and it leads to all these people saying that i took the clock tower and photoshopped it into the picture huh. just because and so like anytime this gets shared online, people will be like, "Oh, that's a great photo," but 
you know, don't know why the photographer had a Photoshop. And it got to the point where I had to create this blog post explaining, well, actually, this is how it works. And then people are still like, yeah, but nice Photoshop. And so my friends will take pictures I share with them and then add the clock tower to it. And it's become this kind of running joke that um, even <laughs> nice. my kids now have joined in nice. on. So, it's become the Where's Waldo of Derek Montgomery photography. Basically, yes. All right. Well, Derek, my last question was going to be somewhat similar to, you know, your your best picture, so to speak. What's what's the game that maybe you were hired to work where you walked out of it being the sports fan that you are and said, you know, I've got great pictures, but what an honor that ended up being just to be at that game. It was the 2023 Women's Frozen Four here in Duluth um, between Wisconsin and Ohio State. I shot that for the, the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. And being a Badger, I guess, alum and just a fan of that women's hockey program, it was pretty surreal to be you know, at the game covering it and then down on the ice afterwards as I think Mark Johnson got his seventh title. Um, you know, that was, that was one where you had to work really hard not to uh, you know, find yourself watching during those big moments, but that one for sure. No question about that. I want to close by saying this. None of these questions were scripted. But Derek is so quick to know yep. exactly the answers to some of these historic ones. I marvel at that. There was there was no debate. There was no uncertainty. Man, you've got some really crisp thoughts and you've got some great work. This was a pleasure. Let's do this again at some point. For sure. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thanks, That's Derek. our good Talk buddy, Derek soon. Montgomery. If you haven't seen him at a game, you need to. It's, it's a joy to watch him work. And then to see his work in the end is, is really a sight to behold. Yeah, photographers work so hard at sporting events. And you asked the right question. How do you not get sucked in and... And very seldom does Derek get sucked in. And I don't know how he doesn't, because I can tell you as a broadcaster, certainly if I have a dog in the fight, it's one thing. But even sometimes when I don't, for example, the Denfeld Hermantown football game this year with the, you know, jaw gape type ending. And I don't necessarily root for either one of those teams, especially when they play each other, because I can't. Yep. But I could feel my heart racing during that final drive. And I thought... Okay, I still got a job to do. I wonder how that doesn't happen when you've got a camera in your face as well. Yeah, you'd think that you just get sucked into a moment, but talking to Derek, it sounds like you know you grow past that. So again, Derek Montgomery, check out his website. It's one of the best. We'll post it on our Twitter account so you can have it throughout the day. When we come back, we play buy or sell. I'm buying everything Derek Montgomery was telling us. The Northland Sports page continues. Stick around. We'll be right back. And- For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we're back on the Northland Sports page. That's John Michael Montgomery with Sold. We're going to do some selling. We're going to do some buying. We're going to play buy or sell in just a moment. But first, we want you to buy everything our great sponsors are selling. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll start with Hoops Brewing because Dave was talking about not only the Cherry Ale, but the, uh, you know, maker space down there as well. So Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier, HVAC, authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including London Road, Proctor, Two Harbors, Blackwater Downtown and Tavern on the Hill, Avenue 45, the Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Comfort Systems of Duluth, and Mike Regan at the Christensen Group Insurance. 
So again, we are so grateful for those sponsors, grateful for an opportunity to be on the air today because, of course, with the Vikings pregame coming up in just over a half an hour, we are not in our usual 10 to noon spot. We are going 9 to 11 today. So if you missed the first hour, you will have to check out the podcast. That'll be available on NorthlandFan.com probably come Monday. And there'll be plenty, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your perspective, of me to listen to today because I just got a text from a listener that said, great show, but are you guys doing time for two more today as well? And yes, Steve Petosha and myself will follow Vikings fan line after what we hope is a victory over the Bengals this afternoon. Earlier today, you were told you have to wrap uh, at the end of the day, and I I want to see you wrap the Brian Prudhomme uh, Saturday. That'll yeah, we'll be see because well, you know, my PA's is- sidekick Nordo does that every single show for nine to noon. So. That's kind of been done on the mothership, but I'll see if I can borrow his skills. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. You, I wonder and, if, you and Pitt. I wonder if Pitt and I can do it you know, as a duet Pitt, rap. Pitt can be the human beatbox. There you go. I'd rather take that role. <laughs> Although, you know what? You guys say I can segue. I wonder if I can be a lyricist. I doubt I, it. I, well, you'd have to have your ciphers written. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. But again, I just hope I'm talking about a victory because do we have any idea what's going to happen today? Because I always say, and I usually say this on time for two more, that... Vikings and should are not allowed to be used in a sentence, even though I'm guilty of it all the time, because this franchise rarely, if ever, does what it should do. And I've said that I'll never pick publicly against the Vikings. So even though in my head I might have them, you know, 10 and 7, 9 and 8, whatever, when somebody asks me for a prediction on the air week by week, you think I'm going to have them going 17 and 0. I don't believe that, but I just. I can't publicly say, you know, uh, today's going to suck. I I can't do that. But I look at the injuries and the players we know are out today and the way that Browning is played, and I feel like this is a bigger challenge than we would have imagined, but that is what actually makes me feel good because I say, well, you look at all these things and they should come up short, so they probably won't. Yeah, I don't want the Washington quarterback, Jake Browning, to have any kind of of game. Success? Um, because truthfully, uh, when they when they picked him up, I'm like Jake Browning is is that guy, right? And, he, and um, the last thing I want is for somebody then to call me back and say, "Yeah, that guy just threw three fifty and four. Um, so I, I would like to see the Vikings win, just so I feel good about my quarterback predictions. But uh, in all reality, um, that way the Vikings defense is playing right now, they're unconscious, right? And so I think that if I told you this, if the if the Vikings win. They're gonna wreck Cincinnati. If Cincinnati, Cincinnati, if it's a close game, I'm afraid Cincinnati wins this. That's possible, and that's bad news if you're a longtime follower of the Vikings because the last three seasons find me non-one-score games. The only ones that are there, the Vikings got blown out. Yeah, I know. It's that scares me a little bit because that's how Jake Browning's gonna win. He's gonna win twenty to eighteen. But talking about Browning, can you imagine if he was playing here the way that we salivated over the way Josh Dobbs started, Browning? realistically has been better the Kirk haters would have cousins out the door already uh yeah I don't even want to think about that right but yes, you know how this right. fan base reacts yep we absolutely Josh, Josh Dows is going to be our starting quarterback in right. forever and the way we went and if Nick Mullins tears it up today we'll have this conversation next week about Nick Mullins right again Josh Dobbs went from a statue at U.S. Bank to he likes NASA let's boot him to outer space so it's, <laughs> it's been interesting we'll see what we'll see what Nick Mullins can do today the Vikings are buying into his skill set, and we'll see. We're going to play buy or sell here today. If you're new to the game, first of all, welcome. Second of all, where were you? Here's how the game works. I'm going to give a statement on each of the four major leagues, MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL. If you agree with my statement, you say buy, and you tell me why. If you disagree with my statement, you say sell, and you tell me why. 
Dave Cook has a couple of responsibilities. I'll even add a third one. The first one, he's he's scared now. Radio's not a visual (laughs) medium, but that face was a different one. The first is to tell me the order in which we play. The second is to give his piping hot takes on each one. But the third is, remember, to tell me the order in which we play by league and not by team. Yeah, well, okay, I'm glad you gave me the last one because I'm thinking about that. Right. So let's start with the lowest hanging fruit. Let's start with uh, the NHL. All right. Almost did it. So the NHL, we have talked a lot about what are the wild doing or not doing. There's been a lot of turnover, a lot of turmoil, and a lot of weirdness, quite frankly, to this season. And Topher Davis hit on it with the off-ice whatever. We have no idea. But for a long time, kind of the messiah of whatever is going on with this organization has been Bill Guerin. With everything that's gone on in the last month, buy or sell that you still have plenty of faith in Bill Guerin to run this team? Buy. I have. I will tell you it's not 10 out of 10. Um, because of what I said earlier, I, I am afraid that we didn't know what we were getting with Bill Guerin in a losing situation. And so I think if he's building, I buy a lot more than if they struggle. Does that make sense? It does. So if they're a 500 or it's less It's like we talked team, about in the first segment. Uh, how does he handle adversity? He hasn't had much. He hasn't. And so I think what we're seeing is the first real adversity has caused some weird stuff to happen. So let's let's play it out. I am positive, but it's not 10 out of 10. I agree with you. I'm going to buy and I'm going to buy it on clearance kind of thing because I'm not as you know entrenched in Bill Guerin's corner as I once was. But the question is, I, I don't fully know why. You said we didn't know what we were getting with Bill Guerin in certain situations, and I agree with you. What I'm afraid of is what else don't we know? Because whatever happened with the assistant GM situation, whatever happened with Dean Everson, I think we all thought he wasn't going to finish the season the way they were playing. And I don't know if this was a change just to make a change, but again, it was a crony of Bill Guerin in John Hines that gets the job. I don't know what his thought process is long term. I, I used to think I knew. I used to think he was preparing for, you know, the financial situation to get better. We've already talked about some of the long term extensions for yeah, old that guys. Was the first, that, that was we the thought, first. This Nick is weird. Yeah. yeah. But we thought, okay, well, what's he done really wrong prior to this? Just in Billy G, we trust that trust is waning, but I've still got some of it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. All right. One down, three to go. Uh, let's go with the Major League Baseball. All right. Major League Baseball. So you sent me one of the best texts I've ever gotten. Uh, last Saturday afternoon, I was at the Heritage in Duluth, just waiting for the puck drop between Denfeld and Orno. And that was about when the Shohei Otani news broke. And frankly, when it first broke, I didn't know what team it broke with. And I thought, wow. Toronto really ponied up. How much Canadian would that have been? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I can tell you a story off the air. I can share it on the air if you want. But I didn't do well with the exchange when I went to Canada as the Dukes play-by-play guy back in the early 2000s. So I don't know, and I'll tell you off the air why I really don't know mathematically. But it was rather jarring to see the dollar amount. And and you sent it to me, I think, in, in the GDP of most countries. Yep. And Shohei Otani, I think, is like seventh. Yeah, well, he's that ahead was of, upside he, down. Yeah. In, in least to most GDP production, yes. Shohei Otani's contract is now better than six countries. Yes, that's exactly correct. All right. So that's the direction I'm heading with this. All right. So it's a large dollar amount. But again, it's the way it's broken down in futuristic payment. Because I saw a tweet this week that Randy Dobnek is going to make more next season than Shohei Otani, the way it's broken down. Laugh at that all you need to. Buy or sell, we're going to see a lot more of that type of contract in this sport. Sell. Um, and I'm going to sell it because Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. 
That's exactly what the Wild did. Now the numbers were drastically different, but that's exactly what the Wild did with with those two. Kicking the can down the road. And signing them for 13 years so you could do all the stuffity stuffs. And um, I, my guess is that the rest of the league is going to be so appalled uh, that this was kind of jimmied to start with that these these contracts will be bit like this is this is not going to be a thing it'll be interesting because minnesota wild fans have complained since the the uh, league said oh nope we're going to outlaw these now and minnesota we're going to go we still have to pay the price yep and we're going to punish you for that it'll be interesting to see if baseball looks back at the dodgers and say yep nope so if if this guy retires or if he can't do this you're going to have to pay the whole thing that you know that weekend so it'll be interesting no i do not think that i'm selling that brian i'm going to sell as well I went back and forth on it a bit because I thought, you know, this is another situation where the rules allow for it because baseball has the more outlandish payrolls, the more outlandish contracts because the rules allow because of no salary cap, what have you. It'd be interesting if they got one to see if that's when these started, because then you could work against it in your own way. I think certainly you'd see more of it if Major League Baseball ever got a salary cap. Since they don't, I don't think you are going to see it. And the other reason is the only teams that could do it would be the major market squads like the Dodgers, like the Yankees, like the Mets with Bonilla. And frankly, I don't think you're going to see it because the Yankees aren't doing it already. Well, it's amazing to me that, that they didn't think of this. They had to look at Shohei and go, oh, we, we, we never thought of that. Think about George Steinbrenner. And if this had been an option for George Steinbrenner, I mean, he would have, his whole team would be paid $1.5 million, but they'd have been signed for the rest of their lives. Because that he was the most aggressive owner that we've ever seen in our in our lifetimes, except now maybe the guy in New York, right? The Mets. Well, and the other thing for me is the reason that I think only those big time markets would do it is because you are, for lack of a better phrase, kind of mortgaging your future to you do are. this. Yep. And what if you're in a situation like what happened to the Padres, like what happened to the Twins, like what seemed to happen to the Guardians, according to Nick Nelson last week, where your TV contract is messing you up as well. If you're sitting there going, well, that's okay because our team payroll doesn't look that bad. And you go, well, actually it does because 15 years ago you signed so-and-so who hasn't played for us in five. You're screwed. Yeah, I think the so the problem with this is he's a unicorn, right? Yes, he is. And now everybody that's, else. That's the forgotten piece. Yes. If he pitches again, it's completely different than any other player scenario. Well, if he doesn't, it's just maybe a bad contract. And he provides the rest of the world to the Dodgers as well. So all the marketing opportunities that they have now that they didn't have but if before. It, but if he becomes a bazillion dollar DH, if this injury doesn't get better, it's weird. That'll, but they'll still have the opportunities because he's a hero back home, right? Correct. But this is Ichiro with power. The question is going to be, what if he really gets hurt? Like if, if and not next year, but let's say in in four or five years, and he just flat breaks down. He's you know, that elbow that caused him not to be able to pitch all of a sudden causes him not be able to drive the ball and he's just a bajillion dollar guy right at what point is there is there no return on that investment that's well said we've got two down we've got two to go all right so let's go let's go with the NFL all right the NFL so the officiating had another very interesting week although <laughs> this time i thought the officiating was better. okay yes it was better Actually, that maybe is a sentence in its own right. The officiating was okay, which sadly was better than previous weeks. Yep. The Chiefs were at the forefront again. It was a correct call. Kadarius Tony was offside. Offensive offside is a thing. It wasn't focused on as much in years past, but the call was correct. It did wipe out a tremendous play, and it basically changed the winner of the football game. 
The interesting part is the Chiefs didn't pull very many punches about their opinion. Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes included. Patrick Mahomes, if you prefer. I guess I'm still in Twins pitcher mode when it comes to Mahomes. But you said last week on this show when we were talking about teams that we kind of love to hate, and we talked about is Kansas City where Green Bay was, but you said with Favre instead of with Rodgers because people don't like Rodgers. There's, there's a narrative out there that he's not that likable, and I get it. But you said with Favre, everybody loves him. And you said with Mahomes, everybody loves Mahomes. Did that change at all? Because by yourself for me, that Mahomes' recent rants suddenly made him a lot more unlikable. Um, sure, but they've all Favre had rants like that. Uh, the difference is, is Mahomes the full Carol, right? So he gets leeway. Uh, and a lot of people saw what he said. And Andy Reid is the guy that kind of squished the, the uh, Mahomes... Uh, followed right when he said, "Sure, the referees are supposed to check with them, but it's on Tony to be on side." Right, right, and so Mahomes going off. Andy Reid kind of took the took the shot, but Andy Reid in the moment went off a little bit too. Can't believe that the NFL would allow this to happen and and doesn't help the player. The NFL shouldn't have to be there as an official to help a player follow a rule. Yeah, but you know the old timers will tell you that's why having um, having shock. In, uh, shock sports guys in locker rooms and at press conferences don't really help the face of the face of the NFL because you're asking somebody in the heat of the moment the question and you're going to get uh, the ad, the the answer that is emotional and not actual. So you're buying, but only a little. Right. I think I'm in a similar boat, but my reason might be a little bit different. I'm going to buy that when you hear somebody, you know, go up to a podium and basically blame things on the officials. And after you see the video evidence that the officials were in the right and you know that that player's seen it too, you kind of have to eye roll it of how can you stare right at that and still, you know, stand firm in your belief. It's not unlike when, you know, you hear Packer fans say, well, you know, we never get a break. We've, we've never gotten a call. And you go, okay, I'll, I'll send you a video of 12 of them. And then you tell me, you know, how many calls you've been victimized of when you know, you know, that, that the case is different. It, it's it's not unlike, you know, Minnesota, we've had some bad luck, but we've gotten some breaks too. Yeah. So no Minnesota fan is going to sit there and go, well, you know, that call worked against us and the referees are always out for us. No, we've, we've definitely gotten some breaks too. So you can't be 100% in, in one camp of belief. And for Mahomes to do that, even with evidence to the contrary, I think he's still very well liked. But I think some people went... Next thing you know, he's going to tell us that the Chiefs never get any benefit, and there's a narrative out there that they get plenty. Yeah, I think that you're right about that last piece. I mean, he's heading down a direction that he doesn't it's want. A rabbit hole and he's got to steer and, clear of. And State Farm um, should keep running happy commercials and right. not I'm a winner commercials. Right. So, yes, I think that Mahomes is okay for now, but careful. Pat Mahomes needs a week where it is all about Travis Kelsey and his girlfriend. Yes, 100%. And I said it that way on purpose because I like Taylor Swift, and I don't have a problem with any of the hype. However, I am tired of... Somebody as multi-talented as a football player as Travis Kelsey being referred to as Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Yeah, well, not on my watch. And the and the Taylor Swift fans trying to figure football out at the last minute. Well, and I have no problem with Taylor Swift. I think she's iconic she's for a generation. Absolutely. I think she's a musical genius for yep. a generation younger than me. Yep. And I think she does a lot of great work. The fact that she got Person of the Year or whatever, it's a better choice than SI did with Dion. So I have no problem with that at all. All right, so we've got we've got B-N-B-A. one to go. B A. All right, so the buy or sell for this one could just be a collective sigh because Draymond Green, again, we had to talk about him a few weeks ago with his dust-up with the Timberwolves. And I don't think we thought we were going to see a changed man. 
but I thought we were going to see a slightly mellower or more mellow version of Draymond Green. Well, we haven't. Buy or sell that when Draymond Green's career is over, which I think is going to be sooner than later now, buy or sell that we're going to be able to remember him as a great player and not just as a mess. Because I think where I went with this is because of the Dennis Rodman comparisons. And they're not necessarily fair. Because to me, they're not anywhere near the same player. But Dennis Rodman, I think more people know his hair. More people know his wedding dress. More people know all these antics. But those that are invested in the game go, but that was a hell of a basketball player. Are we going to be able to do that by or sell with Draymond Green? So the question that I have, and I think I think you're heading half half of the way there. We used to compare him to Rodman. Are we now going to compare him to Bill Lambier? Because Bill Lambier was a key component of a of a very good um, series of basketball. Whose sidekicks were wonderful. Yep he had he had um, he has rings. He was a a key component of those. But when we think about Bill Lambier, we think about this thug in the middle who happened to have, yeah, Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas. The question is, long-term, are we going to look at Draymond and say he was a benefactor of his situation and not necessarily, I mean, was he a talented passenger, right? So, like, Lambeer was a talented passenger. Right. And, you know, he got he got people frustrated and, and screwed up because he did the little garbage stuff that Draymond does. And so the question is, is Draymond going to be seen as, one of the drivers of that Golden State uh, super team, or is he going to be a guy that happened to be there when Curry and Thompson went off? Yeah, I'm going to sell that we're going to be able to remember him as a great player, and it's probably going to be unfair. I think your NBA parallel with Lambeer is perfect because the other one that I could think of, but Draymond was never this good. But you know who we've forgotten in sports was that good because he became such a train wreck otherwise? It's Antonio Brown. But Draymond was never as good as Antonio and, Brown was. And he never got that one moment where you could see where his life changed. I Give was him gonna, time. I'm I not sure we're not headed in that Ar- direction. I thought you were going to say Ron, Ron Artest. Yeah. That's actually a good comparison as well. I love the fact that Rudy Gobert came out and said, I wish Draymond Green well. I hope he gets the help that he needs because for whatever reason, Draymond has Rudy etched as public enemy number one, and Mr. Gobert doesn't feel the same way. The cool part is Golden State is struggling, and Rudy's team is winning. And Andrew Wiggins turned into Andrew Wiggins. Speaking of winning, we hope the Vikes do it today. Our last segment always wins. Vincey Glenn is next. Stick around. We'll be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We can go when we want to. We can do because we got to go 9 to 11 today. We're going to clear out at exactly 11 for Vikings pregame coverage. They travel to Cincinnati for a noon Saturday kickoff. But how fitting, Dave Cook, to have Vincey Glenn right into the Absolutely Vikings pregame right. show. Absolutely right. Timing is everything. This will be perfect. So we always talk about the game that's ahead for the Vikings when we talk to Vincey. But Today, we talk about a game that's about an hour ahead. Vency, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for getting up early, because I know for you, this is still a pretty early morning. So the early edition <laughs> of the show, we appreciate grabbing you. You got it, pal. <laughs> Absolutely. So a rarity that we get to talk to you on game day, Vikings and Bengals battle of the backups. The Viking defense was unbelievable last week, but then the offense they faced went out and scored 63 
I heard facetiously that just means the Vikes will put up 66 today. But Jake Browning has been good, but he's not exactly an experienced quarterback. What are we getting in Nick Mullins versus Jake Browning that nobody had circled on their calendar for December back when the schedule came out? <laughs> You're going to get two backup quarterbacks <laughs> that are just going to try to keep their team in the game. Here is the reality of football, and you got to look at this. Only at one position on the football team that goes from the top all the way to the bottom. All right? When you're a backup corner, uh, let's say I'm a starting safety, okay, in the league. The guy behind me, he might not be Vincey Glenn, but he can run the defense and make capable of tackling and make plays, okay? Let's go to the offensive side of the ball. The quarterback, the most – got to be the best player on your team far and above, supposed to be the leader of everything. You go from the quarterback position to the backup quarterback in the NFL, you go from the top all the way to the basement. But these backups are terrible. How can you have a good quarterback and then your backup come and just demise your team? When I played, the backups were, they may not have been the starters, but they could compete and were tough. Nowadays, backups are so far beyond behind the starters it's unbelievable at the quarterback position. So you're never going to know what kind of football team you have that day. I agree with you, especially given a Vikings team that will start their fourth different quarterback of the season here in just over an hour. Now, Vincey, I know I told you a couple weeks ago that my mom, through your frequent appearances on this show, has become a big, big fan of yours. She tells me on the weekly basis that this is her favorite segment, so I hope she's listening and enjoying. But she immediately asked me last week, after the Vikings escaped with what Paul Allen calls a three and out, get three points and get the heck out of Vegas with a W. What is Vincey going to say about that win? And I said, I don't know because it was terrible, ugly football, but the defense dominated. I wonder if he'll take any joy in that. I got to get your thoughts on a very malaise-stricken 3 nothing win. The defense has been playing at a level pretty much consistently all year with the Vikings, so that's, that's kudos. They maintain the integrity and the intensity. Uh, the Raiders are in just disarray. You know, here's a team that can't score, and then the next week you go score 63. Is that indicative of the Raiders, or is that indicative of what you're getting in the NFL, the kind of efforts that you're getting from guys? And, man, if you just look at it, it's just a it's just a, a celebrity show. Mm-hmm. Everybody just cares about their catches, their, their tackles, their dance, their thing. Very few teams, you can tell, that are together and really trying to win football games by the way they play on the field. Everything else is just the show. So you can't tell if one team is playing well or the other team is just giving up and quit. You saw the Chargers game the other night against the Raiders. Right. Man, that's a rivalry. I played in it for five straight years. Man, that's just blood, sweat, and tears. And you go out and perform like that and give up 63 points in three quarters? This is the NFL, man. And these guys are telling me how great these players are and how these players are so above. I'm going, trash. Never. Never will I ever say these guys are better. They got great athletes. No no doubt about it. But Joe Montana wouldn't throw up a jump ball in the middle of the field for Jerry Rice to get tattooed because we would disconnect his soul from his body. (laughs) That's right. That's not very not well just said. hit him hard and get him out the game. We would take his soul from him. <laughs> yeah, tell me. And so those quarterbacks didn't put him in that position. But these quarterbacks put these guys in positions to where all the top receivers and players are hurt in the league. Yeah, I want to. 
I want to tell our listening audience that right when JJ took that hit and got hurt, you texted me immediately and said, see, this is what I mean by things are different now. Dave, go ahead. Yeah, and I probably was two minutes after you saying Josh Dobbs just got our best wide receiver yeah, killed. We, we wondered what Dobbs would do with Jefferson. The answer was send him to a hospital. I, I, I think that Vincey is right, though. Can you imagine back in the day if Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the league, is up with his hands over his head waiting for a football? Good Lord. Hey, uh, Vincey, I have a quick question for you. Uh, that charger fallout. Um, I want to know, and now when I'm around some, you know, hockey and whatever, you'll hear the coach lost the room and that's why that, you know, he had to be let go or whatnot. Is that a thing in the NFL? Is there a coach, uh, that you can see that's completely lost their team and needed to go like Staley? Dave, you're ahead. You're ahead of Brian. Once again, with a great question. And I've been saying, look at any professional sport across the board. When you see a bunch of talent on the team and they're not winning, man, that's because the locker room is in disarray. I don't care what sporting team you have. The Padres with Tatis and all these great players, they want to go to the playoffs next year. They can't beat nobody. And you're like, they're plus 63 in runs. How are you like dead last in your division? You have no respect. And the problem is these coaches are just as young and almost as young as some of the players. Man, if you can't lead men, if you cannot lead men in the NFL or any professional sport, you will not win, period. You have to be a leader, man. Them guys have no respect for uh, Staley. Man, he's just a guy that said he was a guru defensive coordinator that fell into a coordinator job with a great defense, and they won the Super Bowl. He gets a head coaching job, and you can tell they have no respect for him by the way they play week in and week out. It's not analytics, guys. It's can you play on Sunday afternoon in the conversation. That's right, except for Saturday afternoon in this case, because, again, we got to go in less than five minutes to get to Vikings pregame. I'm going to take the flip side then of Dave's question, Vincey, and I know I'll still be behind. You can keep score next week and see if I catch back up. (laughs) But on the flip side, the Vikings are going to be on QB4 in terms of number of starters this week, yet they're still in this. This is not a very old, experienced team. This is not a ton of talent because of injury. So is that a credit to their locker room and KOC because they're still in the mix? Absolutely. Absolutely. Kudos to them for not having a quarterback, but a defense that's allowing them to stay in the game and have a chance to win a game. You know, that that's kudos to the defensive coordinator. That's kudos to the locker room. That's kudos to the leaders on the team. When you don't have everything, you don't have your A game, but you can, can stay in the hunt. Uh, and it's also the parity of the league as well. But you're in there and you have a chance to be in there, and that's all you want come December. So they're right where they need want to be. Maybe a, another game will help today, but they're definitely in the mix considering the situation they're in. Absolutely. So we've been talking with Vincey Glenn for the last several weeks, quite frankly, with this show's history the last several years, and we've been blessed to be able to do that and enjoy it every segment. I don't know that I've ever asked you this, but each time I hear you, you know, give great dissertations about the state of the league, I've started to wonder – I know you just got new employment because we talked about it, I think, roughly a month ago. You can share that with us if you'd like. But is there any part of you that ever wanted to be part of an NFL coaching staff in some way? Because your mind works in a method by which I feel like you should be. That's a great question. And, and oh, a lot I, of people I tied it back up then, didn't I? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you tied. You tied. That's a great question, man. To be honest, guys, and I say I had this conversation yesterday with my buddy over here at a, a, a Stop and Go, <laughs> the convenience store. I had that got asked to coach when I got out by great coaches. I mean, guys that are just, I look up to. 
and I just could not do it. One, because my expectations are way too high. And two, I just had given football enough of me. I couldn't think about being a coach and sitting in the locker room, listening to meetings, going over the same football and watching guys go out and try to execute. I'm a leader of men, you know, but that's not the job I wanted after I was done with football. So, yes, I had opportunities. Uh, I appreciate the kudos. Shout out to my football IQ. But I just, I just, I had given the game all I could. And if I can't give 100%, then I won't give anything. Well, I appreciate that, and the biggest winner in that has probably been Dave Cook and myself because you blessed us with your takes week in and week out. We'll do it again next week. This was fun. Vincey, you are the best. I will send you the show as I do each week in just a moment, and uh, enjoy Vikings-Bengals. Hey, enjoy a triple header of Saturday NFL football today. Oh, you'll get a text from me in the middle of the game. I'm sure I'll see something (laughs) that I need to text you about. I have no doubt, and that is just... You send me your your number two, Dave, and I'll text you too. I'll give you the business. (laughs) <laughs> All right, we'll do, Vince. All right, Vincey, we okay. appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Saturday once again. Okay. Take care, guys. Be safe. Uh, all right, you as well. That's our guy, 2-5. That's Vincey Glenn. That is the early edition of Northland Sports Page. The pregame for vikings Bengals comes your way right now in about 50 seconds. It's been a good one. Dave Hoops, Topher Davis, Vincey Glenn, Derek Montgomery, and my guy Dave Cook. This was fun. This was good. It was early, but it was good. Skull Vikes, it was early, but I'll be around late as well. Time for two more. Steve Petosha and myself follow Vikings fan line. Hopefully talking about a win. We'll see you then. Have a good Vikes game. Skull! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.